Today is Friday, December 8th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Nate. All right, Clubhouse is back. Uh, Before we get to that, we start off talking about Mary Did You Know, the origins of the song. Then we talk about how Steph missed her baby's first steps, (laughs) and everyone else saw theirs. Um, Then we talk about someone had a question in Daniel 9, the, uh, the prophecy and the dates adding up to the Messiah. Um, then someone comes in and lets us know that the clubhouse hallway is restored and we start getting tons of people care for what you wish for because there's some pretty annoying conversations. So one guy comes in, just starts like machine gun questionings about, you know, why Jesus, why we have to prove this. And, you know, we can't even get the breath out of one question before, you know, we just have to help the guy off the stage. Um, cause he just won't pace himself. Anyway, uh, then we talked to another dude that asked if we should have the Bible taught in school. Is it good? Is it bad? <laughs> Can't hurt anything. Anyway, so yes, it seems that Clubhouse has come to their senses and restored the ability to find us and everyone else. So uh, I am interested to see how this goes on over the weekend when I won't be here. But uh, back next week, uh, hopefully this will be our, our time in the wilderness is done. Um, I was just complaining, like maybe I should just take a vacation until until we figure out another place to go. And as if God heard my prayers, or just a coincidence, whatever, um, yeah, Clubhouse is back, and people are able to have rooms and host live live discussions and find everyone again, so this could be good. We could finally get back to answering questions about Christianity from a biblical perspective. So, things are looking up. Enjoy your weekend. Check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon. Check out the Ask a Christian store. Grab something, grab a t-shirt, doggy shirt, coffee cup, whatever. And support this podcast. Um, yeah, that's great. Maybe we'll uh, need more support now that we have more people to uh, start back these discussions with. Anyways, thank you and share these links. We'll see you next time. Yay, we can keep it going. I was going to say if no one shows up and I have to wait 20 minutes for a conversation, I'm going to take a nice long vacation. But uh, depending how this goes, I may anyway. <laughs> Morning. Good morning. How are you? Hanging in there. Had the uh, Vody Bauckham Christmas program last night. It was awesome. Online or? No. We saw him in uh, Sanford, Florida uh, at St. Andrew's Chapel. Vody Bauckham was there? He was there. Oh? Yeah. It so was how'd cool. that go? It was great. Um, the, the whole thing is it's the Ligonier... Um, like Christmas thing that they do every year, like they do a worship service. Um, and it was hilarious because you know Vody is the headline speaker, and they had so last year they had six hundred attendees. Um, this year with Vody headlining it, sixteen hundred people signed up. So they almost tripled their attendance. It was funny. And so I actually saw Chris, the, he's the, uh, the head of Ligonier and an old friend of mine. And, um, we were chatting and, uh, and he's like, yeah, who'd have thought Vody Bauckham's a draw. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And then he even, he even made some joking comments about it. He's like, I just don't understand. Like, you know, he's, he's looking at Vody when he's saying this, and he's like, I just don't understand why this thing blew up so much, and Vody's got a big old smile on his face. Were there any uh, idolatries present on the premises? 
Oh, yeah, they had a 20-foot idolatry. <laughs> so, yeah. And then um, they, uh, I mean, we sang Christmas carols. Did you know that Silent Night was written by a papist? I did not know that. Did I just cough without muting? No, you muted. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, because every every Christmas carol we sang, the choir director gave a um, a brief, like, introduction to the carol and, like, where it came from and stuff, but I had no idea that... And Silent were, like, Night... half of them from... Were half of them, like, from Jewish people? <laughs> no, no, that's just popular Christmas music. These are, like, Christian, like, Christmas carols. Like, um, and actually... Like, Mary, did you know, was not written by a Jewish person? <laughs> I mean, maybe that one was, because that's a terrible song. Um, Man, I don't know. You like I mean, that song? I, 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 I never used to, but then I heard um, it was like, it was like a really. Um, oh, what was the band? I don't remember. It was, it was like a new take on it. It was like really like you know like like powerful like musical wise like really like boom 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 like really over the top. And I thought, dang, that sounds pretty cool. But no, I traditionally have not liked that song. But whenever I heard that rendition, I'm like, that's pretty nice. Um, you know, specifically the uh, the great I am part. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good crescendo. Um, if the rest of the lyrics is subpar, I haven't really analyzed that. What's your problems with it? Like, it's always been like a slow kind of eh song, and I don't really like that type of music. But like this rendition was like really amped up. I, the I guess the reason I don't like it is it puts the focus on Mary. Oh well, I mean, I don't see it as a focus on like like she's you know queen of the universe and to be worshipped. But, you know, I mean, I think that song kind of puts Mary like, I mean, you know, like, Mary, did you know, like, the queen of the universe would automatically know. So, no, there was some stuff Mary didn't know because Mary was a regular person just like us. <laughs> so, so I mean, that's how I take it. So, I can, uh, I can, uh, uh, God, I still like CeeLo version, CeeLo Green version of the song. But... <laughs> I have not heard CeeLo Green's version. It's actually very beautiful. Anyway, I got some good news, guys. Guess what? Um, on the other day, I got a call with an invitation to be a contributor to a book called "When I Became a Man." When you became a man. When I became a man, based upon First Corinthians thirteen and eleven, um, and I have been told I will be compensated for my work. Congratulations! Thank you so much. <laughs> and getting back to the topic of time, though, Mary, don't you know? Did you know that is showing? Her humanity. It's not showing that she is cold or temperance or any Roman Catholic thing. Matter of fact, if if you don't know, CeeLo Green was raised up in the Baptist church. <laughs> yeah, Chris, yeah. one of the lyrics, one of the lines literally says, May or uh, did you know that your baby boy has come to make you know this child that you delivered will soon deliver you? So she was a oh, sinner. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mary, did you know, was written by Mark Lowry and Aaron 
Wilburn before Aaron Wilburn died. Two Southern Gospel artists, Mark Lowry and Aaron Wilburn, both were Baptists. And Mark Lowry is a Christian comedian that hangs out with the Gaithers just like Aaron Wilburn did. So it's a Gaithers-based song. Yeah, if anything, I would think Catholics would not really like that because of the aforementioned reasons. It's actually Chris, a really good song. You, you, you changing your tune, Chris? It's actually a really good song. Like, it, like you could just like Google the lyrics, but I did it for you. And it said, like, one of the... So, the, these are lyrics. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will calm the storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. That's just the first part of it. It was written. It was written because Mark uh, wanted to uh, write a song uh, as a conversation to Mary that he would want to have with her to see what she thought about everything. Because he generally, he genuinely wanted to know her thoughts on everything and wanted to know what she thought about people worshiping her and stuff like that. Now, even though that's not in the song, this is kind of the prelude or the story behind the song. He doesn't believe in worshiping Mary, but it was just his take on if he got to sit down with Mary, this is the kind of stuff he would want to ask her about God and really, or about Jesus and what it, what it, what it entitles is he's making Jesus in his eyes, you know, what Jesus is. And he's just wanting to have this conversation with Mary, but where he can't do that, he's doing it through song. He's an old Southern Baptist boy that believes, um, and you know the trinity all that stuff but he just thought it he just thinks it's fascinating the uh the thought of uh mary and uh you know what she really thought about everything about giving birth to jesus and all of that so yeah that's the whole premise behind that song Yeah, Chris. Okay, good information. Um, did you guys know that Lutheran satire has a whole thing about Mary? Did you know? You should check it out. It's pretty funny. What does it say? Can you paraphrase? Sorry, I'm like transitioning, so you're going to have to give me a few minutes. You should probably see a doctor or God we about that. You were- Listen, Chris admitted to being a reptilian the other day, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, when you say you're transitioning, you need to be more clear nowadays. 
like, you know, interspecies, intersex, or, you know, from your house to your car. These things matter. All right, I'll, I'll be right back. Or maybe use the word. A new and improved, Chris. Transporting makes much more sense if you're commuting. <clears throat> Good morning, Veckel. Uh, Patricia, I don't think we met you. Anyone else? Welcome, welcome. Happy Friday. What's up, Veckel? Shalom, shalom. Can you guys hear me? Oh, hey, Megan and everyone else. Yeah, we hear you. What's up? Yeah, just uh, just listening in while I work on my project. So, good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I was listening to you guys talk about that song, uh, Mary Did You Know. I, I think I've heard that song maybe once or twice. I don't remember how the song goes, but yeah, based off of what I'm hearing, it sounds like, yeah, it doesn't sound like Marian worship or anything like that or too much focus off of Christ. It yeah, sounds it's definitely not that. Yeah. Yeah. I think Chris just hears Mary anything and cringes. Like, he'll probably just meet someone named, like, Mary. Like, oh, hello. Uh, you know, oh, what's your name? Like, nurse? I'm like, oh, my name's Mary. No, no, we can't oh. watch you. <laughs> I, I, think he, I think he's so uh, so traumatized anytime he hears, like, Mary anything. <laughs> right. like, you're not the queen of the quiet. universe. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm on my lunch break at my diner. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Chris seems like one of those guys who would, who would marry a Mary. Nah. <laughs> like, Why Merry Christmas. No, Catholic no, no. Guy. Can we say Merry Christmas to him? Is that triggering, Chris, to say Merry Christmas? Every I'm so triggered. <laughs> I'm so triggered. Um, I just posted the Lutheran satire link about what did Mary know. Okay, so is that your way of confusing the song? Like, do what now? Is that your way of refuting the song, or what's up? I just, I, I just find it an, an annoying song. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just. But wait, are the Lutherans like bagging on the song or Mary? See what now? Are are the Lutheran satires that like bagging on the song or Mary? No, no, they would never bag on Mary, but like. You know, they're just, they're just, he's just like taking issue with the song. Um, oh, right. Yeah. So, so what's their issue with the song? Because their song, I mean, it seems like by all accounts is not like a, uh, you know, painting Mary in like a deified light. It's painting her as like a normal person. Yeah. I, like I said, I don't think there's anything wrong with the song. Um, I think it's just, I, it just irritates me, but that's because Why? I'm Why? Because I'm old and crusty, and I want to sing Listen, Christmas carols like from the 1780s. Ego, put your pride down. Make it a good song. <laughs> I mean, for the record, you know, like Silent Night irritates me. Like, you know, the lyrics are fine, but it's so slow and just like slow droning music. Like, uh, that's not my thing. I did not know that was written by a papist. It's just like, like I got the history of it last night, and I was like, "What, really? That's so interesting." And the reason that the priest who wrote Silent Night wrote it is because their organ was on the fritz. And so he wrote a new song that they could sing <laughs> with just uh, voices. Anyway, yeah, so the, so the worship service last night was fantastic. And um, we actually sang a John Wesley hymn 
which my wife and my wife looks at me and so I just look at her and she, we just kind of giggled because we're in this huge reformed church um I mean like hundred foot vaulted ceilings it's built like a like a like a you know European a cathedral, cathedral. were you about to say cathedral <laughs> yeah it's not it's not a cathedral cathedrals are awful but like um but yeah it was built like it was built in that style of architecture with like you know naves and corinthian columns and the whole nine like if you look up saint andrew's chapel in sanford florida you're gonna be like dang that place is like it sounds like a beautiful monument to man (laughs) sure yeah your church has like a catholic type name this is really interesting. I'm yeah, why does your church have a uh, cathedral named after a king? Uh, I, I can't even talk. And it's all so right, Chris. Why do you go to churches with saint names, Chris? Because, you know, it's like reformed stuff. They didn't, you know, stop doing the saint stuff until like, you know, the 1850s. So, the 1500s. So, was your church built in the 1850s? The way you can show no, your so allegiance to God is, is getting is a brand new non-denominational church. church in a strip mall. Right. Well, it was funny because uh, Bodie Bauckham got up and said that this is his favorite pulpit to preach in. Because he's like, well, because most modern churches that he goes to and preaches in are, uh, the architecture is in the is in the style of strip mall. <laughs> so yeah. He literally said that. Everybody, I'm going to see how well you know the Silent Night. What's the best version of it? And if you don't say the temptations, I'm going to look at you. You can just look at me now. The temptations. The Vienna Vienna Symphony Orchestra with the uh, Vienna Choir is like the best. Oh, Bobby wishes. Wait, late Hanukkah. Hanukkah hasn't happened yet, right? Hanukkah is happening right now. <clears throat> okay. What about Kwanzaa? Should I wish you a merry Kwanzaa, Chris? Or yeah, I mean, that guy, like uh, the guy who made up Kwanzaa. Have you ever looked him up? It's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I was think a long criminal, right? time ago. I don't remember anything about it. He was some what? sort of you know, some sort of criminal, from what I understand, right? <clears throat> Yeah, he tortured a lady to death. Like, in his house. And then invented Kwanzaa to celebrate it? Invented Kwanzaa, and then, like, a couple months later, like, tortured a lady to death in his house. Oh, after he invented Kwanzaa. What region? Yeah. Because he was a crazy person. Okay, what is Kwanzaa? I don't know. It's for people who can't bring themselves to celebrate Christmas like the rest of us. Not necessarily yeah. so. The, the <laughs> principles of Kwanzaa are actually very biblical. That's a good okay, what is Kwanzaa? I, I'm just going to Google it. Y'all are it's celebrated <laughs> seven days between Christmas and the New Year. Yeah, you'd probably be better off Googling it. Yeah. Okay, Kwanzaa. let's see Let's see what AI says about this. Let's see. Hey, Kwanzaa bot. How's it going? Any Futurama fans? Come on. Nah, not really. Not me. Come on. Kwanzaa Bot's awesome. Kwanzaa Bot? 
I mean, did, did, yeah. is that like, oh, it's like, like the, is it, like the Hebrew Israelites where they say it started in Africa, but it really didn't? Is, is it like that? <laughs> well, I, I Google it. It says it was created in 1966. Um, it's an African-American yep. and Pan-African holiday that celebrates history, values, family, community, and culture. Uh, the ideas and concepts of Kwanzaa are expressed in the Swahili language, one of the most widely spoken languages in Africa. Interesting. Yep, it was made up by a professor um, from UC Berkeley who then went to prison for the rest of his life. Okay, Chris. What year was that? Serious. His name is Ron Karinga. Malana Ron Karinga. He he started this movement in the sixties called. Yeah, Ash. so it's. Dedicated to what's oh, it keeps getting too much. Oh, what did it say? It's dedicated to like, yeah, roots and culture and not the salvation of mankind through the savior of the world. <clears throat> Just saying, oh, go, Christmas. Kwanzaa, go Christmas. The word Kwanzaa, apparently, I guess it means first fruits. So that's interesting. Yeah, so it's a pagan holiday made by made up by a insane a pagan pagan that. Hated God and hated pretty much everybody else and murdered people. Hey, do you like my PTR? It's a, uh, it's. Uh, I Saint love Nick. how you bottom line Nick. things, Chris. Chris, do you like my PTR? It's a, uh, <laughs> it's AI of Saint Nick punching Arius in the face at their discussion of Nicaea. Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> image. It's fantastic. Yeah, everything started in Nicaea, right? <laughs> I love that he is dressed as Santa. <laughs> I love, yeah, great. I love that Saint Nick is dressed as Santa instead of as a bishop. It's pretty fantastic. Ooh, I've also got one of the Christmas tree. You want to see the idolatry? It's it's the greatest one I've seen. Don't let the Hebrew Israelites say that hear you say that you have a Christmas tree. They'll tell you that you're worshiping a pagan deity. I know. I, I can't talk to him though because stupid clubhouse. All right, here we go. This is the best one of the Christmas tree. Refresh. <laughs> yeah, why? The eye of Sauron. It looks like the Batman building with the eye in between. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm in Nashville. Clearly, I said the Batman building. You know the the thingy, the hat thing that Batman wears. Yeah. Anyways, I'm putting Elfie out this morning. Oh, you put the elf on the shelf out, eh? Yeah. Oh, gosh. A little late, but, you know. The AI really elves on the shelf are hilarious this year. Like, it's the most crazy mm -hmm. things. To, you know, like, you've heard of elf on the shelf? Get ready for it. Like, oh, my gosh. They're so funny. Uh, well, let's the, see. The AI elf on the Like... You know, the Elf on the Shelf, well, people are making AI versions. Like, you've seen, like, um, you've heard of Elf on the Shelf, get ready for, and it'll have something else that rhymes, right? Any idea what I'm talking about? Yeah, the um, latest one is uh, Spurgeon on a Sturgeon. <laughs> there was a Mormon oh, on a wow. Gorgon, <laughs> like Gorgon, like the mo mythical monster thing, and it had, like, a Mormon with, like, his seven wives behind him, and so it was, like, Mormon on a Gorgon. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I didn't even know this was a thing. 
You know your religion is false when you have to have seven wives. Have to, get to. You no, have to. I guess it depends I mean, on context, right? If it was, I mean, we've talked about this. If it was the context of like, you know, uh, uh, like a king, right? Where it's like, you know, seven wives will like, you know, do anything to please you because like, you know, fear of like death or being locked in the stockades, then seven would be, you know, probably all right, you know, except the whole, you know, God, God reason. But um, if it was like seven, who's like, no, it's totally, everyone's equal. All things are equal. And you just have seven, seven wives, just like we have our one wife now. Oh boy, yeah, that'd be a lot. It'd be like that'd twelve be... days of Christmas, and it'd be seven wives a nagging. Yeah, it'd be like mow the yard. You'll hear that seven times. Like pick up the kids from soccer practice seven times. <laughs> like <laughs> take out the trash seven times. <laughs> so uh, you know, seven dripping faucets. <laughs> Snoop on a stoop. I've seen that one. <laughs> seven dripping. Seven. What's uh, what's a the way Solomon puts it, seven, uh, seven like tiers of rain on a tin roof or something like that. Is it Ecclesiastes or Proverbs? It's Proverbs, right? Like where it's it's better to like Proverbs. basically live alone in the desert than or like the sound of a nagging wife is is like a rain on a tin roof. Yeah. Shout out, ladies, we love you. <laughs> Serendipity, what's up? Sound of a sound of a <laughs> dripping faucet is my favorite. What's up, Serendipity? Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Well, the sound of a dripping faucet isn't that bad when you're doing it, so your pipes don't freeze. So, I'm just saying. Move to Florida. Uh-huh. Yeah, we don't have pipes freezing here. No, I've heard the things that y'all talk about that exist in Florida. I will not go. Hey, I, I think a New Guinea flatworm fell out of my faucet the other day. I turned on my faucet and like this thing came out and I'm like, oh my gosh, is that like some kind of like rubber seal that's failed? Or is that like a New Guinea flatworm like sliding out of my faucet? It was really gross. I'm kind of freaked what? out. I, I kind of freaked out about it. Yeah, I'm definitely going to move there. But no, no, Ford is great. Ford is great. <laughs> Just yank it out, throw it out into the Gator Lake. We'll be fine. <laughs> it's gonna be like one of those movies where I do that, thinking I'll get rid of it, and then I look at my lake, and it's like full of like respawned flatworms. Remember when like the FBI like searched the swamp looking for Brian Laundry, and then they found like apparently a note and like some evidence of him. Because he got eaten by an alligator or something, or killed. I don't know. He didn't uh, kill himself, right? There was no like gunshot wound or anything like that. I don't. I don't know. Like, I'm. If, if he, if it wasn't like a self-inflicted suicide, I bet what happened is he got bit by a venomous snake, uh, died from that, and then got eaten by an alligator. That's my. Is it Nancy? Nancy Drew? Nancy Grace? Whoever the investigative person mm. is. Mm. Yeah. Sounds like a normal day in Florida to me. It's like he specifically went there, though, and and um, <clears throat> I I know that they found a note. Like he ended up writing a note, basically saying like he couldn't live with himself because he had killed her. Um, so that was interesting. Moral of the story: like, Don't murder people. 
I remember when they were like searching the swamp, all the Trumpers were like, drain the swamp. I was like, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> oh. I was like, this is really interesting. Anyone see the GOP and then, debate? Like, I only her saw the highlights. father was like calling on Donald Trump. I was like, what is happening? Like, it's very political. Our Lord and Savior. Right, Nate? Well, I mean, he could be the savior of the country and the free world without being the savior of mankind. I mean, you know, Jesus has his job and, you know, our elected leaders have theirs. Wait, what is Trump's mom's name? Because maybe we can get the Catholic to worship her. Oh, Mary Trump, right? Or is that his sister? What? Was it? No, I think it's his sister. Okay. Maybe we can get the Catholics to worship her. That'd be pretty sweet. I mean, since they're all into, like, goddess worship and whatever. <laughs> Um, let's see. What is? Name. Oh my gosh, chat GPT is so awful. I'm not even using it anymore. Like, it, in the last, like, couple weeks, like, it, it is so slow to respond. Like, something has happened to it. Um. I know. Where are you going to get all your theology if ChatGPT goes down? From Bard. Wikipedia. Hey, I don't get my theology from there. I get, like, you know, obscure Bible passages. And I'm like, hey, what's this Bible passage? It says something about this. Like, I think it's in Timothy. Where is it? It's like, oh, you're talking about this. I'm like, oh, thank you. Okay. Uh, Anne McLeod Trump. Oh, no, Mary. Her name was Mary Ann McLeod Trump. She was uh, born in the village of somewhere in Scotland. Uh, the village of Tong on the Isle of Lewis in Scotland. You don't really sound Scottish. Well, she was, wow, 1912. That's the same uh, year my grandpa was born. So yeah, it is Mary. Um, does he also have a named Mary? Yes, his mother and sister are named Mary. Oh, goodness, his sister basically looks like Trump in a wig. That is that is not... Uh... Oh, gosh, really? I thought that was just Trump. Oh. <laughs> he's, he's masquerading as, as his sister. I don't know. It's like the Adam Sandler movie um, where he dresses as, as his sister and it's like... Uh, to impress the movie star person or whatever, like he's trying to get it. Oh, what is the name of that? Anyone remember? It's where he, like the, the man Adam Sandler is trying to like get a job or something, but like this like rich guy like isn't interested, so um, he dresses up like like a chick, and, and the guy like is is really into her and whatever, and she's like, oh, that's my brother. So he has to like go back and forth between being like you know the brother and the sister and it, I don't know. Isn't that probably a good thing that no Christian here knows about a movie like that? <laughs> well, I was gonna say that was when it was it was fun and fine to joke about that kind of stuff because no one took it seriously. Um, yeah, now the big that's my truth. That's who I am. That's my inner self, you bigots. Right. right. Well, you know, like back in the day, like like Shakespeare's day. 
like all the plays, like women were not yeah. part of those plays. Like it was Lord all Chamberlain's men. men. Yeah. Chris, that doesn't conflict with the biblical passage. Do you think about uh, the, uh, you know, assuming you're an Israelite and these laws apply to you, um, about the, you know, men shouldn't wear women's clothes? Like, do you think there is an intent there or just no for any reason? Or, you know, they didn't have theater like that, so they wouldn't have had that to to think about? Or if they would have had theater, like, no, no, you could wear a dress for, for fun, for joking. Like, you know, no one thinks you're really a woman. Or just no? I... To be honest with you, I have no idea. Would you feel convicted about it? I mean, I'm not, you know, not performing Shakespeare anywhere anytime soon or pretending I'm Lady Macbeth. I guess I'll leave that to you. What say you, Steph? I know you're going to be fine with it. You're, you're fine, Steph's with, fine with all kinds of stuff. Yeah. The Bible says is bad. Yeah. I think Chris would make an excellent Lady Macbeth. I was just going to say you would make an excellent Lady Macbeth, right? Like conniving and like pushing her husband into crazy stuff. And... Oh, oh, or what's oh. her name in The Taming of the Shrew where the husband like finally threatens to beat her and then hey. she like acquiesces and he tames her? What's 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 that guy's name? That's who you should be. Oh, that guy's name. I forgot. I, I know the Shrew's name. Her name is Kate. Oh, yeah. Kate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't they make a modern with Heath Ledger? Yeah, Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles. I mean, yeah, what? I'm not sure. How would I find out about that? I have no knowledge of that. Not like it's my favorite movie of all time. Google it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nate is just showing that he watches weird movies because his wife makes him. Yes, that, that, thank you, Chris. That's exactly why my wife made me. <laughs> okay, we all loved Mrs. Doubtfire. Stop playing. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire is great. I have a feeling it did not stand the test of time, but I just read a story on that recently that uh, that uh, they have like days of film of Robin Williams just improvising throughout um, Mrs. Doubtfire that they just don't even know what to do with, and apparently it's just comedy gold. But it's like, what are you going to just recut the whole film? Like, you know, it's just. Uh, there's just so much footage of him being nuts. So it's pretty interesting. Maybe they should. I mean, it's been like 30 years. Maybe they should make a, you know, celebrate, celebrating Robin Williams, whatever, like, you know, a new, a new cut or something of it. I'm sure somebody might capitalize on that. <clears throat> we could make our own movie about like this type of people who like break into like movie, the like, you know, movie theaters or record places to like, you know, steal footage so then they can do something with it on their own. We could make a film about us doing that to like acquire the footage. In a movie theater? Did you just? I doubt they have that in the movie theater. You know what I mean? Wherever they, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I mean, Sony has, owns like a mountain that they hide their stuff in. In Pennsylvania, is it like the giant Sony vault, where it's like every every record and movie and everything they've ever owned is like inside a vaulted in a mountain. Adam, are you trying to get back up here? I see your hand raised, and I've tried inviting you. I don't know if Steph wants to do her job, too. And, and send you I don't invite, see maybe. his hand raised. Oh, I, I do. Maybe it's him. just my phone being bad. Yeah, it's probably that. Yeah. He said no. <laughs> Steph, uh, so you started the room yesterday, and did it instantly just get full of merriment and conversation? 
No. No, oh, okay. it was about, if you listen to the replay, it's about 20 minutes of us talking about dogs and me eating my breakfast and, you know, musing on things. And then Brandon came in and we started talking about oneness. And that's when I got And then Steph missed her baby's first steps of walking because she was a puppy. Yeah, I did. Oh, well, I feel better. Yeah. So, Ste- yeah, do you feel better? Steph is now the worst mom ever. Listen. <laughs> I okay. I work right, so I'm freaking sitting at my desk working and listening to Clubhouse as I tend to every day. And the babysitter runs in and is like, "You've got to see this." Lo and behold, the baby has taken her first steps. So it wasn't like just because I was on Clubhouse, I was also working. But I remember my son's first steps. I was there for those. That's great. Yeah, good for you, Chris. (laughs) I mean, I caught my daughter's on video camera, but you know, whatever. Thank you, Philip. I see you. The rest of you are just... YouTube link of my daughter's first steps. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> just nonstop. Chris, how old was your son when he first started walking? 13. Yeah, it was so last 13. week. Wow. 13 days? <laughs> so, uh, I, I believe my kid was walking... I think it, I think he was, like, 14 months. Oh, okay. See, my son was eight months when he took his first step. Holy crap! Oh, that's horrific. I know. None I was of like, my kids, my earliest kids, We had one of those like plastic, uh, plastic um, cage things like that you snap together and can put different panels in, so you can make it like different shapes and different sizes. So what? we, so, so is you this know, like a plastic. baby prison? Yeah, like what is happening? You don't know what I'm talking about. It's like the, it's no. like plastic. It's like plastic panels. You can buy them at Walmart, and they have like, you know, it's like perforated. So it's like um. Oh, like the movable fences, the gates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and you can just keep adding panels and adding panels. So you can like, you know, at one time I think we had like twenty something, twenty four panels. Like I had this massive like, yeah, like I, I put this thing like, basically I I put it around the perimeter of my living room, so like I could be in it with my kid. And around like the chairs and stuff like that, um, but they couldn't like escape and like you know go to the stairs and stuff like that. So I, I like trapped them in there with me. Anyway, so um, it's kind of like how we're like, all trapped in here with you. Yes, you this is a leave. giant play yard. Yes. Okay, children. So, anyways, uh, I, I had them in there while while you know she was learning to crawl and stuff like that. And then one day I'm watching and she just like crawls over, grabs the thing, like pulls herself up. And then just turns around and starts like taking a few steps. I'm like, oh, awesome! And then her uh, sister did the same. So I saw it twice. Not not at the same time, but like whenever her sister, you know, was born and then got to that stage in life, it happened again. How old were they? Uh, I don't remember. My, my video could tell because I got it recorded. <laughs> um, I. Oh man, I don't know. I know the second one did it before, um, sooner than the older older kid, probably because she had like an example and saw like her sister walking around, so she aspired to try it sooner. I I, I don't remember exactly how old they were though. I, I think the second mm-hmm. one was pretty young. How are you, Vecal? You you have kids, Vecal? Yeah, I got one daughter. Yeah. How old are they? She is six. Did Did you witness those? First That's how old my son is. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Who else saw Mercedes' first steps? I, I think I witnessed the first steps, I think. I might have been at work when you it happened. Saw it, like the first, you know, saw it that first day, the day that it happened, but I, I wasn't there the moment that it first happened. At least See, I there. Yeah. So, um, except he wasn't at home when he was working. So, you know, was... the other thing here is that this is my third kid. I want some slack. I have the other two on video. I'm actually kind of making myself feel worse right now. But by the time you have a third kid, it's just like, well, whatever. No, you're yeah, good. The exactly. other two know that you love them. <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever, you know. Like, yeah, your third, third time. Like, Mom, why don't you have video of me? Taking All right, that's like the throwaway stuff. anyway. Yeah, I mean, like, there was, we we actually lost a third pregnancy. So the fourth time that I announced my pregnancy, my whole family was like, again? You know, that's just like the baby's whole life. They're, they're walking again, you know? <laughs> wow. I, I was Another the uh, primary I, I was the primary parent because I, I worked from home so I mean I was you know obviously the, the one that was going to be the babysitter because I worked from home so I, it's I tried not my... babysitting though. okay parenting, parenting whatever but you know in place of what would have been a babysitter I, I, anyways I was, a, I was the parent I was the primary parent alright can we move on the point was I, I tried to uh, I tried to exact my vengeance by making sure my kids' first words were "dada" and not "mama." Oh, <laughs> that that, that is so based, as the kids would say. That's <laughs> Bobby. My first yeah. word for bye bye. My, my daughter's first words were "dada." <laughs> my son, my son still calls me "dada." He's fourteen. Chris's first words were like the re- were the recital of the Westminster Confession. Unconditional election, yeah. <laughs> Can you say John Calvin? Yeah. So so get this. So so this is so funny. So uh one of my pastors when he had, you know, I was doing two year olds. Uh, room like every Sunday. Yeah, so his, his um his uh kids were in my were in my elf the elephant room, which is where the two year olds were, and I taught his first his oldest son um the five solas, and so like it took like a year, and he he was almost three, and then he I have it I had it on video, and I sent it to Josh, and he's like sola Cristo, it was adorable. That's hilarious. That's funny. See, Chris keeps admitting to grooming children into Calvinism. See, but here's the sneaky thing about that is that the five solas don't belong to Calvinists. They belong to Protestants. So that's why I didn't get angry for the record. But if I was in a church where some dude taught my kid Calvinism, I would 100% absolutely be furious. I don't know what I would do. (laughs) But the five solas are fine. I'm just messing with Chris. I'm not. Stay away from my kids with your Calvinism, Chris. <laughs> I mean, you know, Stay if, away. They, if they decide, Stay they away. decide to actually start, you know, if they're chosen, the Bible, they decide. They start reading the Bible correctly. If they choose to if start, they, okay, if, just checking. They start asking questions. They choose to start asking questions. Got to answer. I questions. know. You know, exercising that free will and all. 
Yeah. <laughs> Choose to be right or wrong, I guess. Yeah. We believe in free will more than you guys do. Well, wait a minute. Who's getting married? Whoa, 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 whoa. Felix. No, be quiet. Listen, Felix is getting married tomorrow. Felix too. What? Wait, yeah. what? New, new Felix? Yeah. New Felix? Oh, okay. Is he here? Congratulations, Felix. Is he here? Felix too. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. We weren't supposed to say his name. Remember, he changed it to Birdie for a reason. Oh. Birdie. Yeah. He was going into into Muslim rooms with his real name plastered on the thing. I'm like, that's a real bad idea, bro. Happy Vows Before God Day tomorrow, Birdie. Yes. Happy Vows Before God. Are you going on a honeymoon? Where are you going? Yeah, give us Re- coordinates and times you'll be there. Wherever the free will Give me the Ross... Okay, you know what? I'm done asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's going to Rome, Nate. Go find him in Rome. Okay, good luck. kiss the golden wall? Hey, hey guys. <laughs> Congratulations Rome in advance. Thank you. I thought Rome was, like, destroyed. Like, uh, we're, doing, we're doing the um, Paul's tour for our honeymoon. What now? What? There's like it's like a historical tour about like Paul's travels. So we're doing the Paul's tour for our honeymoon. Wow, I don't That's feel near as near as holy anymore. Me and my wife for our honeymoon went to a big cat rescue in like this mountain village. <laughs> we just got to pet a bunch of like baby tigers and stuff. Listen, he wins the okay, Christian most Christian award. Oh my gosh! Is that the one where? Like, is that the oh, one I went to Jerusalem. <laughs> yep. Is, is that the one where they have like a thousand steps that you can crawl on your knees to get uh, forgiveness or something? That's that the fourth ladder. Uh, I don't know about all that. It was actually my fiance who who selected the tour for us. Chris, where's the thousand steps thing? That's that's the fourth ladder in church. Where is the location? In Rome. Okay. Oh, 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 okay. They have a thousand steps in there. I, I just like, don't know where the fourth here? ladder in church is, but yeah, uh, Bertie, see if you can work that in. It's not a thousand steps. <laughs> get my, get my steps in. <laughs> but you have to crawl on your knees or it doesn't count. And you have to wear your Apple Watch because it like. But if you just want the experience, yeah, you just like walk it like a normal person. Wait, why? Why are they? Why are they saying we need to crawl on our knees? I think it's a Catholic thing. You get extra like favors with God or something. Extra, extra Catholic extra points. Catholic points. <laughs> but, like, they don't forbid people who just want, like, to go see it from, like, walking up on their actual feet, right? Like, they can, you can do that, probably? Yeah, you can you can do that. Hey, Steph wants you to pull to refresh me. Oh. No, I was just saying, I, I okay, I'm, I'm doing the thing where I listen to you guys in the shower. And Steph, why are you talking about that? Yeah, well... Just I wanted someone to tell Nate because he always talks to me because he never looks that I can't can't talk. Hey right. Steph, I have a question. <laughs> what? Just kidding. You've got just 10 kidding. Seconds. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Udo actually has a question. What's up, Udo? Yeah. Hello, guys. <laughs> What's up? Are you well? We are I'm great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually here because I I have a certain question. Um, 
this time at a very other topic. Um, it's about um, messianic prophecy in the Bible, where I see some problems with the interpretations of um, most exegetes. Do you know the passage um, Daniel 9, 22-27, where it's prophesied about the 69 or 70 weeks um, where you can count how long from that time it takes until the Messiah appears. Well, you can with the 70th week, but there's a pause between the 69th week and the 70th week. Yeah, I know. I'm just, just talking about the 69 weeks after which the Messiah will come. Okay, I think I just would just go on and tell what, I, what which problem I see. Um, there are actually many different interpretations of this passage, and I actually don't know which uh, passage, um, uh, which uh, interpretation you follow. But one interpretation I found, which first um, made um, most sense for me, um, was the interpretation of uh, Robert Anderson. And he counted the 69 weeks uh, this way, that uh, you, if you count them, you come to the year 32 uh, AD. And he says then, this is the year Jesus um, came to Jerusalem. But the problem is, um, you know, Jesus was crucified on the month Nisan in the, at the 14th Nisan. And the, the day he was crucified was a Friday. But the 14th Nisan of the year 32 AD was actually not a Friday. And this was only in the, year, in the years 30 and 33 that were the case. And that's also the reason why historians uh, date the crucifixion, of, the crucifixion of Jesus in one of uh, these two dates. So it can't be the year 32 AD, but a, li a little problem I see here is um, that if you count them, you will actually would really con come to the year 32 AD. And I just um, want to hear what you would say to that. My first thought is, could this be two different calendars? Like in general, they're going up one calendar, and when Jesus is crucified, they're going up another calendar. Like I forget the calendars, like the what Roman or Greek calendar or something, and Daniel would have been a different calendar. So everything would add up apples to apples, but you have to do like calendar conversion. That's my first thought. Um, but you know, they took the Jewish calendar. Yeah, I mean, Chris. long story short, there's there's going to be a lot of back and forth on this. The source that you're using isn't a great source. Um, theologians for over a thousand years have con you know um, coincided the calendars. There's no there's no um, problems whatsoever. Um, and maybe the people who are telling you there is a problem, uh, you know, they're not the most uh, not the most accurate. We'll just say. 
Does that sound good? I guess good? that's the answer. His answer. So I didn't understand which sources uh, wouldn't you consider as accurate? What? Tell me the name of the guy. The name, the interpretation from the guy I... Yeah, the source no. you quoted. What's the guy's name? Robert Anderson. Yeah, Robert. Yeah, okay. I've heard his name. Yeah, not a great source. Go go forth and keep keep looking. But it's not about his person. It's uh, about calculation. Right. So again, these types of calculations are going to be extremely difficult um, because you're dealing with uh, <clears throat> dates and times that uh, are not going to be, you know, mathematically as accurate as we need. The, the long and the short of it is that there are many different calculations um, and the ones that uh, we look at in, you know, looking at uh, apologetics and Christian uh, history are going to be just as accurate as the skeptics. And so there's just going to be, it's just a wash. So it's not a great argument. Um, it's probably not uh, even, it's not even worth dealing with. Because there's just going to be so much argumentation back and forth, and it's so highly technical that, you know, no one's really going to, to have the final answer on that that's going to satisfy you if you're, if you're attempting to take that. What he's saying, which I agree with, is the data, data is not going to be, the data is not pure. So because there's so much subjectivity that it's not just about the numbers. Um, kind of like COVID. Like when we have the actual numbers now and everyone's like, oh crap, they lied to us. But at the time, they're like, no, no, see you have these numbers over here and then you take these numbers over here and then you take these numbers and combine them with these numbers and here's your answer. And everyone's scratch scratching their head and it's like, how did you get this? And they're like, no, no, just trust the science. Just trust the science. Um, but now, uh, you know, years later, when a lot more of the actual numbers are, you know, unhidden and discovered and pulled out from under rugs, we're like, oh, now we have just the numbers. So similarly, we don't have just the numbers. We have numbers with a whole lot of weighted explanation and subjectivity behind the numbers. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at it from a skeptic's standpoint, it's just not going to be a great argument to try to make. Yeah, I actually didn't look much on uh, skeptic interpretations of that, but they actually would interpret it uh, in a very other way. They would interpret it in a way that it doesn't uh, point to Jesus at all, that it points uh, to someone else, to who knows, um, Persian king or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, I, again... Not going to be a great argument for the skeptics. You, you're just going to find a lot of uh, you're going to find a lot of uh, problems with it. So, um, you know, yeah, it I'm... definitely it definitely points to Jesus. Um, you know, the resurrection is what we base our belief in Jesus on, and so you know the the idea that the the weeks in Daniel don't line up is just going to be a highly technical and a highly um, well, like basically an argument that's not going to hold any water compared to the the evidences for the resurrection. You know, the 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 counting of the weeks and the counting of all that stuff will line up. 
you know, it's just a question of it's just a question of scholarship. Yeah, I also looked at um, different interpretations uh, from theologians, and yeah, I actually saw that that of Robert Anderson was the was the most logical uh, interpretation. The way he he started the calculation of, because you have to start the calculation at a at the date of a certain decree from I think. Uh, or right. It's, but the problem is that it doesn't matter. Like it, you, you think it's the most logical because it lines up with your, your world, your Muslim worldview. The rest of us I'm are going Muslim. to take. I'm sorry. I'm not Muslim. Oh, okay. What, what, where are you from? What was sorry. the original question? Uh, it had to do with the seventy weeks, and Robert Anderson is a skeptic who's like, yeah, the seventy weeks don't line up. God is a lie. Jesus isn't true. There's a prophecy in Daniel that states when, what time of year Jesus will be born. Is that what it is? So, the it's a it's a very it's a it's ugh. it's one of those arguments that we're going to be here for two hours hashing through. And That's fine. The what was the question? Matter. Go ahead. What's your question, sir? The question was about the interpretation of um, these verses in Daniel 9 <clears throat> about the 69 weeks, or actually better to say year weeks, because um, the Christian theologians and exegetes, um, what they have in common is they interpreted the way that it points to the to, to the year where Jesus was crucified, but there are, uh, they differ in interpretations how the, all the, these years have to be counted. And okay, so it looks like there is a prophecy in Daniel seven twenty five and Daniel twelve seven that says. It says there's 69 weeks of prophetic years that are considered to terminate with the death of Christ in roughly 32 or 33 AD. So what's what's the problem? It is, yeah, the problem is some how you how you count them the right way because you need a, what's the what's the right way who's Who's the standard of what the right way is? Because first you need to know the right starting point from which on you count all the years, and well, yeah, then you well, have to look. Yeah, what, well, 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 Chris, what Chris said earlier, gosh, I'm saying Chris is right a lot, or at least I agree with him a lot. But what he said earlier is it doesn't matter because look at the resurrection. Look to stuff that you know the Bible undisputedly claims. Wait, and I found no, the there, and, and there's. If I could finish. Uh, Steph's going to tell you why it matters after I tell you why it doesn't matter. But the re resurrection, there's no way to misunderstand it. The Bible clearly claims, you know, many eyewitnesses saw it and this happened, making Jesus the Messiah because it says this happened. So if this happened and Jesus is the Messiah, then everything else has to be true, even if someone can't figure out the right dates or calendars or whatever. If Jesus resurrected, that has to be true. 
So if there's a discrepancy, it's in human calculation. Okay, now Steph's going to tell you why it matters. Go ahead, Steph. <laughs> okay, so what I, and I agree with Nate, but what I see here is that these are 70 years sabbatical cycles, and so it's roughly a total of 483 years. So the discrepancy that that Chris is describing is actually not about the number, but about the word until. So in Daniel 9.25, it says that these things won't come to pass until this manifestation of the 70-year cycles. So what that means, the conservative scholars will say that all that had to happen was it needed to be completed first. And liberal scholars will say, oh, well, it didn't match up. So then there's a problem. But that Chris is right. It's a matter of interpretation. Do you just need it to be completed first or do you need them to terminate at the same time? And the Bible doesn't say they need to terminate at the same time. So there's your answer. Good job, Steph. Thank you. Um, uh, Lou, Udo, what's up? You know who oh. else? Just real quick, Udo, if you have more questions on this topic, because that was what a quick quick Google search uh, showed when I skimmed three or four articles. Uh, the the person to ask about this who will give you a very nauseatingly detailed answer is Faithful. So Faithful to God talks about this stuff all the time, um, prophecies and how they line up and timelines and calendars and how the Jews looked at calendars and what different calendars they had. If you ask Faithful to God, you will get a much more satisfying answer than the one I just gave you. So Faithful Lou, what's up, Lou? to God. Uh, yes. Is it faithful with God or faithful with Yahweh? We change his oh, I think it's faithful. That's a good question. Wait a minute. He's, he's oh. got two different accounts. Well, one but, but got clipped. Is it a YouTube account or what is this? It's uh, a guy on, on here. Clubhouse. Hold on, I'll find it and then I'll pin it at the top in a minute. Well, and, and Lou also came up here like I imagine it was to say something about this. Was it Lou? Yeah, but I was a while ago. My train of thought is not there anymore. So, hi. What's up, bro? <laughs> it's Friday. That means you're off work today, right? Yeah, I'm off. So do we, uh, we solve this problem? Everyone's good? Christ is King. Jesus is Lord. Yay. Yeah, once again, it's it's just, you know... Liberal versus conservative scholars. Liberal scholars well, aren't really scholars. Well, anyways. <laughs> Udo. Uh, You're in theolo theologically liberal, not like politically liberal. Yeah. Uh, political language, nonetheless. But Udo, you, you had brought up something about <clears throat> uh, Christ not dying on a Friday, and I, I was curious about that part. Like, can you repeat that part again? Who, who yeah, says that's that Christ didn't first. die on a Friday? No, I didn't say Christ didn't die on a Friday. I just said, um, if you take the calculation of Robert Anderson, in which, which, with which you end up in the year. 32 AD, um, which is, uh, according to his calculation, logical. The problem here is that this year can't be the day Jesus died, because the day Jesus, uh, uh, the year Jesus was crucified was either 30 or 
32, 33. Why, why do you think that? Because only in these uh, two years, the 14th Nissan um, was a Friday. How do we know that? How do we know that? How do we know that? How do you know that the 14th Nissan was on a Friday? You're talking about like granularly understanding dates from thousands of years ago with no evidence to back up the claim that 14th Nissan would have been on such and such a day in such and such a year. Like those calculations are extremely complex. No one has actually done them accurately and everyone is just BSing when they're saying that they know. Because I mean like the, the, the whole thing is that, you know, we just don't know, um, you know, these dates that granularly. No one does. Anybody claiming to know these dates that granularly is not being honest because there's no way to know those things. So you would also say we can uh, can create a real Bible chronology? No. What I'm saying is that um, they're not that accurately, not down to the day. We know within a decade of things, like we know that Christ was probably born in 4 or 5 B.C., Okay, so like, you know, how do you deal with that calculation? You know, I mean, there's just there's just not that much granularity to how things are dated in the scripture um, because we just don't have enough information from the scripture to date those things. There's just not enough information. It's just it's just nonsense to say that we can date things down to the day and year. It's just not it's not there. There's not enough information like people. Like, you know, Anderson are, are, they're just, they're making things up. Why does There's the not year enough even information matter? to know. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but that uh, the, fir fir the 14th Nissan was, Jesus uh, was crucified, was a Friday. I actually think it's... Uh, Jesus was crucified on a Friday. Was he crucified on 14th Nissan? We don't know. There's no indication from the scripture. And how do you know that information? So That's what I'm trying to get at. Epistemologically, without no. evidence, how do you know that information is accurate in any way? The, the reason we know that Jesus was crucified on the 13th Nissan because we, is because we know on which uh, at which time of the year Jesus was crucified. He was crucified at the Passover feast. At, yes, the, around the Passover feast. Fine. But like what you're what you're trying to give me is like some kind of hyper accurate date that such and such fell on a Friday in such and such a year. Like we just don't have enough information to do that is my point. We, but that's actually people common think sense. They, do, they don't. But that's you actually common sense. I'm sorry? But that's actually common sense about in Why is it common sense? It's common sense that you're going to know calendar days based on ancient calendars we no longer have access to or information from what they were based on, nor the mathematical algorithms they were based on, if any. They were based on a lunar calendar, my friend. Like, lunar calendars are not accurate to the day and the, and the year. Like, it just, it just doesn't make any sense. Right, so we can base the fact that he... It was the 14th, and it was a Friday based off of scripture, but not really off of 
But we're not going to be able to relate that to our time calendar. Right. Like our year, like the way that in which we calculate years, it's just not going to be there. There's not enough information, man. Of course, we can't uh, take our Western Julian or the older Gregorian calendar to count them. We have to look at the Jewish calendar. Yes. But the Jewish calendar is a lunar calendar. You're going to have a very difficult time making to-the-day calculations with a no, lunar calendar. Not, you don't see the problem? No, that's actually not the whole truth. The, the Islamic calendar is a lunar calendar. The Jewish calendar is a calendar mixed or a lunar solar mixed calendar. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, so yes, that is partially true, but again... Like you're building an entire argument on something that ma- that matters not. Like you know, there's just no problem here. And as much as you want to insist, or you want to, you know, are you an atheist, sir? Is that your deal? No, I'm your brother in Christ. You're a Christian. Which one? Yes. <laughs> what type of Christian? Um, I, I'm well, I. I actually don't like to uh, give me a certain denomination, but uh, I think you would call me a Baptist. Okay, but like liberal Baptist? Like you don't believe in the true resurrection of Christ? No, evangelical Baptist. I believe in the resurrection of Christ, and I also You're know all the evidence. You're just questions about this prophecy. You're yeah, dude, he's just wondering prophecy. how Daniel reconciles. Gosh. Okay. I, I, just, ju- I was just and, super and, confused. No, no, the I'm scholar like, I quoted. The scholar I quoted uh, was actually not a liberal scholar. He put was down the torch. Evangelical. Put down the torch, Chris. <laughs> no, I'm just I trying to figure out what's going on. He's <laughs> ready to burn you. Well, no, I'm just like, I'm just no. like what, what is happening right now? I really think the answer is that you're going to have a problem if you expect the dates to coincide. But if you take it that this this thing, this set of 70 years, the 70 cycles needs to be completed prior to the crucifixion, then it works. It's all about like, which which of those tracks are you going to take? Do you think it's a literal prophecy that must terminate at the same time? Do you think it's just a box that needed to be checked before the crucifixion? Oh, so the, the, he was talking about unfulfilled prophecies in his opinion? Well, no. no so no, he's about, so, okay, no. so what I'm reading is there's a prophecy in Daniel... That in Daniel 9.25 particularly, that lays out the timeline roughly that the Messiah would come. And it's a timeline of 400, it's 69 sabbatical year cycles, which is about 483 years. But Daniel 9.25 says, okay, here's what it says. So you are to know and discern that from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the Messiah, the prince, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. It will be built again with plaza and moat, even in times of distress. Then this article says, let's check the math. And it said, some scholars will emphasize the word until, because again, it says, a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there will be seven weeks. So they're saying the word until, which is the Greek fanaru, uh, is, means that this must come to pass first. That word until tells us that the seventh year of the 69th sabbatical cycle would come to a complete end 
before the Messiah would be revealed. So it is not crucial that you expect those to coincide. Daniel is saying just that it would happen first. Okay, I would explain my... What's your thought, Udo? I just wanted to um, explain the problem, just um, the problem which I, I, um, I struggle with because I, and because of that, what I can come with my question. Sorry, my English is not that well because uh, I'm from Germany. Yeah, um, the prob problem is um, I looked at many different interpretations from scholars. And yeah, they, there are many different interpretations. But there, then I found one um, which, which was most, most logical with all the facts. But then... So I when, you, when you say you looked at many interpretations, yeah. were you thorough with each one? Because from what I from what I gather, it seems like you're able to identify the ones that you were able to hold on to and build an idea that matched what you were saying. But it seems like you don't remember the ones that didn't match, which makes me which kind of alludes to me that you weren't actually thorough with that investigation of going like as you're as you're claiming. But I, I mean, I really could just be wrong, but that's just like my my thought process right now about what I'm hearing. Can, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Do, do you know do you know someone um, whose interpretation you follow on uh, th that passage? Well, here, I found a table. Okay, so this is just like a website where this is uploaded. But here's an example. So I'm I don't know enough about this to say this is definitive. But here's a table that compares the Julian dates, uh, the sabbatical cycle according to Zuckerman the sabbatical cycle according to Wachholder and the sabbatical dates prior to the return from the Babylonian exile. So it compares all of them starting from 631 BC and goes all the way to 489 AD. So this is a table that it looks like compares those four methods of discerning a date. Okay. So, so what is your concern, though? Like, wh so what is the outcome? So, so if you're right, what does that mean? If I'm right, or yeah, what's you said? You said you said you believe this is the case. If you're right, okay, what does that mean? Well, I don't know. I don't. Uh, I actually don't cl claim that I'm right with anything. I just have a question. Okay, all right. I was just wondering if there was some type of uh, um, outcome to your question, that's all. Some people ask a question and they say, okay, if this is true, then that must mean this, but you're not saying, you're not saying that, right? Well, actually, I would say first, um, if um, we have a, a real problem, with that uh, prophecy, this actually doesn't mean that uh, Christianity is uh, false because Christianity is true because Jesus resurrected from the dead. And actually also the New Testament itself doesn't mention 
um, this passage as a prophecy to the Messiah. Um, but you're never going to know for sure. Like, even if you think you find an answer, you're never going to know because look at all the uh, conflicting accounts. So you're never going to get a real answer if, you know, you or someone would, would eventually, like, press so hard that you effectively brainwash yourself. And now you think that, you know, some other accounting is true and this doesn't qualify as a fulfilled prophecy. Therefore, Jesus isn't the Messiah then you're just going to have to spend the rest of your life like battling all the other contrary evidence showing that it is. So like if you're hinging your hat on, on this prophecy with so many conflicting accounts, um, that's not a good thing. Yeah. I think I would it's think. safe to say because it's just sure, going to like, right? it's just going to make you crazy till the end of time. Like hinge your hat on like the resurrection. Well, like Paul says, right? Like if, if Jesus didn't resurrect, like, you know, Christians are to be pitied because it's like, you know, sad and pathetic that they're putting all their hope in this. But the resurrection is what we hang our hat on. Like, yes, all the prophecies. So it's not to say prophecy doesn't matter. It's trying to say that between all the calendars, conversions, the lunar cycles, the, all this other stuff. Um, yeah, good luck. Everyone's going to have a different answer on that. I mean, even people that have the, that have the answer that uh, concludes with the prophecy is correct. You could probably ask 10 of them and they will get that it's a correct prophecy from 10 different ways. They're like, well, it's a correct prophecy because of this cycle and this cycle. And someone else will be like, no, no, it's correct, but it's not correct how you say it's correct because of these reasons. So even people will argue who both think it's correct. Well, actually, I also don't hang my head um, on that. I also like it more to go the historical way to show that Jesus resurrected and the that, that the New Testament is uh, historical reliable. Um, I just um, had a question uh, to, to that passage and I just uh, wanted to ask it. And because, you know, the, res the evidence for the resurrection of Jesus is good and it's uh, enough to prove that Christian faith is true. But if you have a pro you know, you have to know if you have a prophecy where, where you, um, with which you can, uh, which uh, tells you the exact date uh, Jesus was crucified and when the Messiah would come to Jerusalem and so on, it would be better because this would be a clear sign uh, that the Bible is the word of God. Well, we think it is a clear sign. Like, listen to all the stuff, um, you know, Steph especially brought from, you know, that had all this laid out. So it's like, if someone has a question, like, it seems like you got all this other information first, but look at the opposite way. So you read the Bible. You're like, here's a prophecy. How do I check if it's correct? You stumble over the stuff Steph gave you first, and you're like, oh, it matches. It adds up. There you go. Prophecy correct. And then later, you come up with this other scholarship that says, no, no, here's some problems. Here's some inconsistencies. So you'd have the same data, just in a different order. So it seems like you're you're waiting your first um, your first scholarship more than the second scholarship. So, I mean, not that, that, I mean, if it's right, it's right. But I mean, I would just, that seems like kind of what you're doing. And I think you're, you're waiting the controversial scholarship more than, you know, what Steph pointed out. It seems like just for the sake that, because you came across that first. So it's not like the scholarship isn't there. It's not like there's a problem. It's just that people are contending, which by the way, I mean, 
you know, people have problems about everything because they need to have problems about everything. So people are like, oh, the resurrection? That's not empirically testable. Jesus walked on water? How can I empirically test that? If you don't, if you can't show it, you don't know it. It's like, what? Are we supposed to just like, at the first sign of criticism, be like, well, guess they're right. Bible's wrong. Like, that's crazy. Well, I think you still got, got me wrong because I'm not inconsistent with uh, scholarship. Um, the problem was just, um, I saw here a problem at a, uh, and inter interpretations, and there are actually also different uh, interpretations among conservative scholars. Sure, sure, but I mean, what? like, where is, I guess, I guess, what the reason you're getting pushback is because it seems like because we get so many skeptics in here that are like, "Your God is a lie" and all that stuff, and it sounds, you know, and maybe it's just because of the because of the way that we're having the conversation, like, you know. It didn't seem like it was coming. I, I understand now that it's coming from an honest place that you want more evidences, you know, than, um, you know, or, or, or that it's nice to have more evidences. And we don't disagree with that. We think it's nice to have more evidences as well. Um, but I think that I think that where we got you wrong was like, oh, you're why is this bothering you? Like, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? And yeah, mean, you first. You we first uh, thought I was a Muslim. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I could also. Well, I could also take an Islamic position to discuss with you. <laughs> and you yeah, have a little Chris bit. Is, here. Chris is our Peter. <laughs> but I mean, for me, like, I don't. I don't care where it comes from. If it's like you know a God-hating atheist or a Christian or like, I don't care where the question comes from. But for me, I mean, I wouldn't see it pushback as much as like that's the answer. Like, I mean, I can kind of get a little irritable. I mean, I don't know what I was, but I mean, I can kind of get a little irritable um, when it's like, well, that's the answer. I, I'm out of things to say. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know where else to go from here, but that's our uh -huh. answer. Wait, I'm still looking at it. I have one more thing to read to you about Robert. What's his face? Robert Anderson. Do you want to hear it real yes, quick? This was the one he's a Satanist. Saying. That would be great. Tell us he's a Satanist. Yes, okay. Satanist. So, <laughs> so I he's not a Satanist. He was, he was he was uh, from the Plymouth Reverend, but later he returned back to the Presbyterian. How do you know? I just challenged it. I'm calling him a, a, a Satanist undercover. That's my oh claim. Oh my goodness! There, see, he now he's not consistent. Good grief! He argued for he argued for the reliability of the Bible. He's he's being he's he's being facetious. He's he's joking. Oh, I'm I'm either. joking. Sometimes I try that. All right, go ahead, Seth. Okay, so in this article, if you open it up, it goes through the different ways that people count, but I just got to the part about Sir Robert Anderson. So it says now, so he just recounted all of these different ways that people count these, okay? And then he explains how people arrive at it. Then it says Sir Robert Anderson and his 360-day prophetic year. Now we turn to a past effort to make sense of Daniel 9:24 through 27, that of Sir Robert Anderson. His views were set forth in the book The Coming Prince in 1895, so they've been around a long time. Anderson's book was published following the popularization of dispensationalism by John Nelson Darby in the first half of the 19th century and was geared to supporting its key points in eschatology. And here's a link to a whole other scholar paper about that. But according to that, they included the ideas that the first 69 weeks of Daniel 9 began with the 20th year of Artaxerxes and ended about the time of the crucifixion of Christ. The 70th week is yet future. The 70th week is yet future. 
And the prince that confirms the covenant in Daniel 9.27 is a future Antichrist who will stop the sacrifices in a rebuilt temple of Jerusalem. Um, this scholar summarizes Anderson's theories. Here's the link to that. But he says, Anderson, like all expositors, considered the 69 weeks, 483 days, to literally be to really be 483 years. He then multiplied these 483 years by what he called a prophetic year using a 360-day year cycle. This gave him a total of 173,880 days and effectively shortened the time period down to about 476 actual years since a 360-day year is shy of the true solar by over five days. Although there are places in scripture where a year appears to be defined as 360 days, we shall see that Daniel 9.24 is not one of them. But Anderson needed a strategy to make his Darby determined starting point for counting the weeks. The 20th year of Artaxerxes Longamanus fit together with a seemingly reasonable year for the cutting off of the Messiah. It required viewing the years only 360 days long for the entire 483 year cycle. Toward the end of this uh, book in chapter six, he says, now the seventh week is admittedly a period of seven years and half of this period is three times described as a time times or half a time dividing the time uh, quote twice as 42 months and twice as 1260 days. Okay. So this part goes on really long, but I, I, and you can see it in there, but it's saying basically that what, what Sir Anderson tried to do was his starting point disagreed with the scholarship, right? So in the last table I had, it said the cycle of Artaxerxes was his starting point, but other scholars put the starting point earlier or later. So what, what Sir Anderson is trying to do is defend his starting point by changing the length of the year. Does that make sense? So when you say that it's logical, this scholar disagrees that it's logical. He's saying that it was intentionally done to defend Sir Anderson's theory of when the prophecy period started. Is that a satisfying answer? I'm trying here, Udo. Okay, then this website um, says that he, Robert Anderson just chose the, the wrong starting point. That's what this scholar, well, he's saying not that he chose it wrong, but that he's arriving at the end date because he was defending a different starting date. Right. So now it's coming back to me. This is all Darby. This is like the roots of dispensationalism. Um, and I am a dispensationalist, so I'm not bagging on it. But a lot of the stuff that was done back then was highly inaccurate. And it was to arrive at a certain conclusion. And I think that... But you know, um, Robert Anderson later uh, reverted back to the Presbyterian Church. Well, yeah. But, you know, there's... there's he was also a major figure in restorationism. So like, you know, this idea that he, he, you know, went back to being Presbyterian, that's fine. But like, it doesn't take away from the fact that he wrote a lot of stuff that supported restorationism. Yeah, I think, oh. um, I think the point of this website, this website was that he um, made a change in the length of years. Um, you know, the, the the counting, uh, the way he counted a year was a prophetic year that he, he said that uh, one prophetic year has 360 days, I think. Yes. His so that's yeah. where that's where the problem is, because the, it, he's going on to say Anderson is using a 360 day prophetic year, which is problematic. The reason he's doing that 
is because he utilized the Islamic lunar calendar, which is 360 days. But nowhere in scripture is that 360-day lunar calendar applied to the other 69 weeks. So if he's using the Islamic lunar calendar to arrive at his dates, they're going to come out wrong. Okay. In the past, I just, I actually asked uh, someone else um, where the 360 days come from, and he gave me an ex explanation. Um, I think he explained it uh, with uh, the, the passage in the Bible where it talks about uh, the flood of Noah, and um, I, I just have to look it up by myself, but um, as far as I remember, he said that in this passage, you come to, to the conclusion that a prophetic year has 360 days. Yep, so according to this scholar, that's that's going by the, the Islamic lunar calendar, but there's no evidence that that's the same calendar that Daniel is using. Yeah, but... So Nate was right the first time, <laughs> an hour ago. So, so when did the Islamic calendar start? This article awesome. doesn't say... Whenever so hell was invented. 650. <laughs> huh? I'm guessing, I'm guessing the Islamic calendar doesn't predate Islam, so, you know. Yeah, I, I'm guessing the same thing, and that's why I kind of would like to answer, because if that's the case, then, man, he made a big mistake, didn't he? Well, so that's what this, in this article that I pinned above, he goes through each different scholar's interpretation. Like, when he's done with Anderson, he goes to Honer, and when he's done with Honer, like, he's got, I think, I mean, I've already read through eight, so he's examining each scholar's method. Um, the Jubilee cycle theory, the gap of the 69th week theory. So it looks like there are so many possible ways. Like Chris was saying, it's not just numbers. It's there are so many ways. Where do you start? Which calendar were they using? How many days is it? So at the end of the day, Udo, you have a choice, right? Where it's like this article here states that utilizing the Islamic calendar is going to be wrong or starting at the correct starting date, you're going to be wrong. But what we're basing on it being right or wrong is, does it occur before the crucifixion? So if you run your numbers and it, the, the termination is after the crucifixion, then that scholar is probably not correct, like Anderson, right? So the, again, it comes back down to, are you putting, there's no definitive answer. So then what you have to do as the Christian is say, all right, Daniel said this. I believe the Bible is reliable. So which which scholar, which calendar completes it before the crucifixion? And it looks like there are plenty that do. So then you have your choice. Are you are you going to put your faith and on the reliability of the crucifixion or are you going to question it with other scholarship because the Bible is not clear. If the Bible was clear, we wouldn't have that choice. But the Bible's not clear, so we have a choice. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, at one point I have to defend Robert Anderson. The reason he comes to the 360 years are not because of the Islamic calendar, this Islamic interpretation and uh, Islamic practices didn't matter for him. He came to this um, by a certain 
biblical interpretation, if it if this interpretation is right or wrong, is another question. But that's that's what was it his reason. Yep. I also actually also I actually also read his uh, book about uh, that topic, and I think th the best way we uh, should uh, continue with that is um, I have to again look up the the arguments from him, and also I have to read through the article on that website and after i read it i think uh, we could we could continue talking sounds good yeah and i mean again this is just so preliminary but the one of the things that you're going to run into udo right is this is where the choice is is that the the bible doesn't lay out 100% how the calendar works and when it started so then you're using your human mind and scholarship and archaeological evidence and extra biblical sources to try to determine which calendar would Daniel most likely have been using. And that's where the discrepancies come in. The discrepancy isn't within the biblical text itself. The discrepancy is in how do we discern which calendar to use. So the argument is that, yeah, so Anderson wasn't pulling the calendar from the text. He's pulling the calendar from other contemporary sources in the 1890s. So it doesn't become this big theological problem. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I see what you're saying. Thank you. Yeah, that would be a, a sixth or seventh, seventh, seventh century calendar that he would be using, right? Yeah, and how would Daniel have been using a seventh century? Like, so, so it, remember when Chris said before about the lunar calendar and you said, no, the, the Muslims used the lunar calendar, but the Jews used a, a mix of lunar and solar. That's exactly what this scholar says. You were right. But Anderson used the Muslim calendar. So by your own, by your own knowledge, Anderson made a, a pretty fatal mistake there. Okay. So, not saying we shouldn't check out things, but if we just would have, you know, just repent and believe the gospel, we would have been just as fine and saved an hour. Yeah, it's too much math for me. Like, my head hurts. I want to, can I be a scholar? Can you guys, like, is there something I have to, what do I have to do? You just say you're a scholar. I'm a scholar. I'm a scholar. I'm a scholar. You want to be a... I don't know, Archapostle Bishop too? Just say it. I mean, I am a clubhouse scholar and I have my degree entirely in Google. I have a PhD in Googling as I just evidenced because I knew nothing about this an hour ago. So there you go. Just do that, Lou. Okay. I'll well, I have my doctorate degree and I'm right, you're wrong. I said PhD there, Kat. I have a doctorate in trichonology. Whatever. <laughs> Good morning, Rogelio. How are you? Hey, good morning, Steph. Finally, I've been able to find you uh, back on this app. So, so just two things quickly. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, um, you know, redirect the conversation. But good morning, everyone. Um, I'm one of Steph's like um, clubhouse friends. We've known each other for like three years now, and I'm a big fan of Steph. So, Steph, I just want to know: number one, are you okay? And I'm not going to rehash, you know, what happened last time, but just, I just want to know, like, are you okay? Oh, yeah. 
Uh, I'm oh. assuming you're talking about the thing with Derek there. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Good. Now we're all curious. Just find that. Now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Are you, are you asking oh. if she's mentally okay? Because there may be some questions we have. Wow. Well, that that so you're okay. Okay. So that's one thing. And then the second thing is, um, so I noticed this yesterday, which is why I was able to find you, Steph, because obviously I just joined the house, which is why I have that little ticket. Um, so I did join the house, but. What I just learned yesterday, being absent from this app for like a year and a half and just coming back to it, I think I'm on my month and a half, but the hallway is opened up again. So I don't know if anybody oh, noticed cool. it, but the but the hallway is back. And Steph, that's how I was able to find you. And that's because there's someone in the VIP section that I follow and they happen to be in your room. And, and that's how I was able to discover people three years ago on this app. So anyways, I just wanted to share that. I'm a proud Christian. Um, so anyways, I'm going to go back to listen-only mode. Please continue the conversation. I was just here to say good morning to everyone. Um, it's always great to see my friend, Steph. And and yeah, and I just want to let you know that that clubhouse has reopened the hallway. But uh, that's all. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you. Okay, so if I go back out in the hallway and I refresh, there are a ton of live rooms this morning. Look but at this that. Is, but this is like the little crumbs they're giving, right? This isn't like the true hallway it once was. This is like a hallway of like friends of friends, right? Like it's still not a totally no, open, it's a open true, hallway. Nate, it's a true hallway. A true hallway is back. Android really? For him. So, me... so. Really? So you don't, you can just see stuff and not have any connection to any of the people in the rooms. Yes. It's just it, completely free and open. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm it just happened no, yesterday. It's, it's but, I, maybe that's probably. why, maybe that's why people filled up. Did you notice that? Like today I, I was mad. I was about to like go on vacation for and, and pout and take my toys and go home. And I'm like, if I have to wait 20 minutes for a conversation, but like as soon as it started, well, Chris showed up, which I appreciate, but then other people like, you know, started filing in quicker. So I, I, Wonder and, and think about it, Nate. Look at how many of us have those little tickets. Like, oh, true. Know, you see what and I'm so, saying? Okay, the so that means is back. So that means okay, these people could have found us and then joined the club or join the house, and that's why they have a ticket because they're new. Yes, because we're not members. Ticket is they're not in the house yet. Exactly, we're not oh, part of the house. Oh, you got okay, ticket Okay, ticket people, join the house. And that's what I'm exactly ticket people. Well, you gotta, you I, gotta invite them, Nate. You gotta click on them and then say invite oh. the house. They no, no, I think no, no. We can do it on our own. I just did it. I just did it. You don't need to do anything, but I just did it. Um, and the only way that the ticket will go away, obviously, is if I go out and come back in, then my ticket is gone. But yeah, so Nate, has Clubhouse finally learned their lesson. Um, I think I think that what they're doing is that, that they finally learned their lesson because um, the hallway is back. But but I was in I was part of their last um, clubhouse, um, whatever they call that on Tuesday. I on heard Tuesday? this pretty brutal. Yeah, the town hall. Yeah. Town hall. So I was there last Tuesday during their one hour town hall. And I'm not going to regurgitate everything that they talked about, but they are literally headed in the right direction. And the action that they took yesterday is is clearly saying, hey, you know what? We are going in that direction. So I'm so excited. I'm oh, so good. excited. Fan base now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. it was like, Wait, it, I have a question. Like, hey, Slizzy in the audience. 
it's Lizzie down there. Can you type in the chat? Because if you can type in the chat, if you're not driving or something, you've got a ticket. I'd love to know if you, and I haven't seen you before. Did you find the room randomly in the hallway or did you come in here because people are following? So there, we'll, we'll see what he says and see if we can discern it. So Steph, so Slizzy is my virtual clubhouse friend. I came uh -huh. here. I came to this room because he was in this room. So yes. So yes how did he yes. find us? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Because because he he found he found this room because somebody that he follows was in this in, in Yeah, this so room. I found the room because there was a guy that was in the room um on stage that I follow a couple of people actually. And so it made this room uh highlight. And so I came in because I saw that the title was We've Got Answers, Ask a Christian. And I was No, wait, Nate, we're That's back. We back. We hope. Okay, y'all, y'all, y'all. Thank you, Sophie. Expectations are premeditated resentment, so keep your expectations down. Yeah. And Abby, just, do you happen to have stock in Clubhouse? I've just There's no stock. I just want it confirmed because um, what, what was your name, uh, Adu? Rogelio. I'll just say it. Um, but but you you said it was confirmed, but you also said like the reason you found it was because you you had a friend of a friend. But I, I still want someone to show up who's like, no, I'm not associated with anyone in this room or in the stage at all whatsoever. Yet I still found your room. Well, are okay, we able to confirm so that? If you're on an iPhone, I can't speak for your Android people, but if you're on an iPhone and you go out in the hallway now, you will see rooms. Uh, there are a ton of rooms in here, and I don't follow any of the people in them. And those right, weren't there. Yeah. Nobody's on an iPhone. Come on. Like, Everybody. <laughs> Everybody who's saved is on an iPhone. Hello, random atheists who open dead rooms and no one cares about. How's everyone? Hey, how'd Hello. you find us today? Um, I prayed Jummah, and I found this room. Alhamdulillah. No, I mean, how did you... Okay, when you opened the app, how did you find this room? Uh, I scrolled to the left, and I found this room. Do you follow oh. anyone? Yeah, I follow this guy called Chris R., who's a bisexual guy. <laughs> awesome. We like you. <laughs> oh, I see a bunch of squiggly people. Okay, I don't follow channel, any of them, so... You know, when the last update, before the last update that fucked up this, this uh, app, it used to be in my DMs. Chris, what did you say to this poor, innocent man in his DMs? Um, Sliding into the, the DMs. DMs. Sliding into the DMs, yeah. First of all, yeah, good luck with that. Um, and you can go back and see your old DMs, so I would love to see a screenshot of that. Um, you can? Yeah. Oh, but you... Still can't do it. Yeah, my you can't do. Oh uh, yeah, it's good. Good excuse. Um, but yeah, uh, you're Muslim, dude, right? No, or I'm not You what? I'm a mudslam. Mudslam. <laughs> a mudslam. What? The jokes keep coming. Yeah. Well, I'm fully <laughs> on board jokes. I mean, if you're, I mean, as long as you're a good troll and you're funny, we don't care. Where is Darth Dawkins? He used to get clapped by all the atheists. Where is he these days? He used to get clapped. I'm not sure of a single instance where he got clapped. Yeah, okay. You'd have to. I'd have to see that. He tends to fold himself a lot. <laughs> Wait, where's Bart? Bart what Bartology? What the guy was? Oh, he does, 
doesn't come in here. Yeah, Barthology's not our favorite. Chris burned him at the stake. He's gone. Yeah, he's really stupid. You're not going to get an argument from me about that. Yeah, see, and Steph, now my, uh, my, who I call my clubhouse grandchild, Usama, and the others in the room, see, he's in here now because he follows me. So, yeah, the hallway is back. You guys, before the update, Rogelio had, what What did you have, like 20,000 followers? Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. I had a <laughs> ton of followers. I mean, I was like one of the... The, yeah, I mean, and but but to to Stephanie's point though, Stephanie was a big part of how I got ten thousand of those followers. You know, that is Steph- giving me way too much credit. I wow. just yeah, Stephanie. <laughs> I just Stephanie. Yeah. What, kind of, what kind of website did she have? You know what? <laughs> Stephanie's amazing. Stephanie's amazing. So at that time, apparently she, that's uh, a testimony. No, I at that like time when Rogelio's here, this is great. Can I give him a green bean? At that time, <laughs> at that time, um, Stephanie and her husband were were kind of like doing historic um, uh, re- residential um, renovations, and and that's what kind of like that's the reason why I kind of followed her because you know like I'm in residential and I didn't know that anybody did historic um, you know preservation residential and now she's pivoted right obviously you guys know what she does and so I don't need to regurgitate that but Stephanie is she's such a big part of 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 me being on this app and and it was just really awesome to see her face on the hallway today I was like wow that's if anybody to validate that the hallway's back it's Stephanie's face and voice that I that I would like to that I would like to announce this you know be quiet, Chris. I'm going to revel in the sunshine of that praise. And you wow. hush one wow. word right now. Look at that. Yeah, I know Rogelio from the real estate rooms back in the day. And ADU is an accessory dwelling unit. Rogelio is in California and has done a lot with legislation and talking about how to improve housing, quality of housing, and helping investors uh, get into real estate investing utilizing ADUs. So that is how we met each other. Yeah, but Rogelio had like a gajillion followers and ran some really awesome real estate rooms. Uh, what, oh, sorry, I just woke up. Uh, what were you saying? <laughs> Ooh, um, can't take Chris, Chris. Chris is, is that Chris? Chris R? Yeah. He's um, funny. funny. He's funny. I like that guy. He's not funny. I'd like to take this moment to read a couple uh, memes my mother sent me. Oh. Let's see. A man is suing Smartwater for not making him smart, and I'd like to formally announce my lawsuit against Thin Mints. Wow. I'm not particularly fond of people who fly in private jets to a meeting where they discuss how to take away my car and feed me bugs, but that's just me. <laughs> Your mom sends me memes too, but they're much better. Wow. <laughs> Couldn't resist. We have a question in the audience. Usama wants to know how long Long Beach is and where is Short Beach? Um, that's a good question. Wow. I have a question. So, so that's well, my, so that's my uh, grandchild, Steph. That's my grandchild. Would you like to Steph. accept Islam today? Anyone, anyone want to become Muslim and go to heaven? Nobody would like to accept Islam today. I prefer yeah, eternal life, so yeah. no. Don't you have some Wait, who said, who said eternal life? Who said that? I... Are you a Christian? Yes. 
Why did Jesus know the hour? Why did you God die? Uh, he did. Yeah. He didn't. You can't kill a god. That's something uh, Muslims say that I agree with. I don't with know. This guy's pretty good. Perspectives. Jesus does eat food. Awesome. God doesn't eat food, you know. Exactly. Yeah. We tell him. Yeah. Wow. To tell you guys, I'm not here to preach or anything about Islam. Like, you don't have to do anything. I'm just here to troll, so thank you. I'll be here to troll. Okay. So wait, seriously, a second. Uh, why should I become a Christian? Go ahead. Because you believe it's true. Okay. I didn't say why should I believe. Oh my goodness. Okay. Why should anyone accept Christianity as a true religion? Go ahead. Oh, to be reconciled to your creator and receive eternal life. Okay. Oh my goodness. Again, why should someone... Okay, what is the convincing reason, right, that you can justify someone... You keep, asking, you, keep, you, you, you keep asking questions, but you're unhappy with the result. The problem okay. is not with Again, my Again, demonstrate to me. Okay, question. let's just dumb this down. Let's just dumb this down to, like, key stage four level. Why... How, why are you certain that Christianity is true? Well, what? Why am I why do you, Why are you certain? Or why Why do you assume Christianity is true? God has revealed it to me. Okay. I mean, my Wait, goodness. Wait, Dr. Why, okay. were you, why were you um, pretending to be a, a Jew the other day? No, I'm just. He was an atheist, but No, no, I'm just, I'm just. I promise I'm just. Um, so the thing is, Nate, it's kind of racist, by the way. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just, I'm just, I say as is. That's all. Um, so the thing is, Nate, right? You have to demonstrate to me why you have the correct interpretations of the Bible in the New Testament, right? Because, of course, you authenticate the Old Testament to give the criteria for prophethood, and you base that upon the credibility of the New Testament. So you need to demonstrate to me why someone would want to accept the New Testament to accept Jesus as the Messiah. Well, so, um, I hear what you say. But I reject it wholly. So I see why the appeal for me to demonstrate why it's true and correct. Um, you know, I think we should do a fair, fair shot of that. But ultimately, um, it's not my job to do anything. Just like Jesus says in like what Matthew, when, when his disciples ask why he talks in riddles, like why, why Jesus speaks in parables. And he says, because some people, uh, God wants you to understand it, so you do. Other people, God intentionally hides it from you, so you cannot understand the meaning. So... If I say Jesus is Lord, repent and believe the gospel and pray to Jesus for uh, eternal life and ask for salvation and forgiveness of your sins, and God reveals that and allows you to uh, you know, open your eyes, then congratulations. You're one of the people who Jesus yeah. was talking to who so. understood the parables. To finish my sentence, if you're not and you're like, no, I don't believe it because this or the Jahinian comma or you know, some, something else is why it's totally wrong and I don't believe it, well, then you're one of the people who I guess it's not meant to be revealed to. Right. So that was just gibberish, to be honest with you. Um, it's a lot of gibberish. Um, so the thing is, right? I asked really you to demonstrate. To conversation. So, so really? So, so Isaiah so, six is gibberish. Interesting. So Isaiah six. I asked you to explain to have me. Have you ever read Isaiah six? I doubt you have. Yeah, I've read the entire to the Bible multiple times. Anyways, I asked you to demonstrate about to me. About do you mean I? Do you, okay, I read Isaiah fifty three. Sure. Anyways, the thing is. Yeah, don't, don't interrupt me. I'll let you finish. Can you tell me the thing one is, thing Isaiah 53 says off the top of your head? Sean, this is my servant who I hold, my chosen one, okay, that's, uh, and whom I delight. No, that's Isaiah 42. He was bruised for our iniquities, despised. He was despised for our transgressions. Can there you, you go. just take a breath? Can you just so, take a the breath? Thing is, the thing is very dude, simple. Dude, you, you haven't. Hold on, dude. dude my goodness. Uh, why, uh, why is this guy interrupting me? 
Why do Christians do this? My goodness. So the thing is very simple, right? You no, haven't Steph, demonstrated. Oh to my me. gosh! I can't you know you know why. Steph, can you drop okay, this guy? Steph, can Steph, you, can you can you let me respond? Can you let me respond to this guy? So you haven't demonstrated to me why I should assume your interpretation is correct. I asked you to justify your interpretation. Okay, oh my work? gosh, stupid right, stupid yeah. clubhouse would not give me the controls to kick this guy. Dude, I don't want to drop you. We can talk as long as you want, but holy crap, dude, you're going from like zero to lighting bombs in two seconds. Can you just like take a breath and talk a little yeah, bit? Yeah, as long as you calm. don't interrupt me like Chris, then I'm gonna have no issue speaking slowly. But if you interrupt me, I might oh, have to I speak a bit faster. Okay. So that just shows how genuine you are, I guess. So the thing is very simple, right? You started out. You started out the conversation with a bunch of lies. Like, Dude, why? Just, just leave that guy down there. Holy crap! Okay, Clubhouse. No, you Nate, give it, I you... didn't. No one's letting. I didn't let him back up. I know. I, I think the de I think the devil did it. No, like Clubhouse did no, something he's... good and gave us and gave <laughs> us back our hallway. And now it's some doing something bad, which is bugging it out so much that we can't drop people who are like, like the Micro Machines guy. Like, tell me this. Tell me this. Tell me this. Tell me this. I'm like, Dude, you know, you Nate. Through each of these if things, you need, just if you a need little a calmer. Give me my two. <laughs> you got it. Hey, I was just kidding. I was just kidding. Bro, you're modding Beckel. That's a man. Now, ah. you, now you got a proper <laughs> Calvin. Oh, I was just kidding. <laughs> now I'm in between a super Calvinist and a semi Calvinist, and I don't know how I feel about this. What the what? How is well, he a semi Calvinist? That's an insult, Beckel. Are you going to take that laying down? I'm talking to Nate. Oh. What? You said super. <laughs> that was a super Calvinist. <laughs> Not a semi-Calvinist. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Someone help! Where are my Wesleyans at? Slizzy, where are you in this? Are you uh, are you a Calvinist? Where are my Please Wesleyans at? They're all <laughs> trying to keep their salvation, man. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, That's like it's a full-time oh, job. Oh my gosh, like it, it kills me. I don't mind addressing that guy, but he's his you know no, I don't know I don't know how I can say something without sounding a little I mean it could no, be racist because it's multiple in. people groups in. in a certain ge <laughs> a certain geographic location this could apply to. So Nate, so Nate, what was but when you find Yeah, save me, Veckel. Go ahead. It's probably better I stop talking. He said, that he said what was one of the things that he said that, that was fraudulent? Um uh, well, he opened with me being in his DMs, you know, and I've never met him before, so that was good. And I mean, he called Chris bisexual, which you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I is that a lie, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> what is that fraudulent? Or... <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, I mean, I don't want to judge, but you know, we need to also judge rightly. Right. Wow. <laughs> right. To be fair, he's a robot, so that's right. Yeah. Just over here doing robot stuff. Yeah. Doing what I'm programmed to do. Hey, okay. Nate, I have a question. Uh, yes. Thank God. Yes, yeah, okay. Please. Thank you. So so tonight is my um, uh, previously, uh, I retired from, from this this place 30, that I worked with for 26 years. So I just retired like three year, three months ago. And tonight is their, their annual Christmas party. So my question to the group is, is it okay for me to crash the party without an invite? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I'm going to say the most Christian answer I can give you is the last verses in Romans 14 that says, if you do anything that you do not have uh, peace in your conscience about, you know, being led by God as a Christian, then for you, that is sin. So if you feel convicted about doing that, then for you, it would be sin. But generally speaking, yeah, crash that thing. Thank you, Nate. Thank you. Okay, Slizzy, before we got all ratchet, Slizzy was just about to tell us his <laughs> theological stance, and then I wanted to welcome Adam and Brian as well. Oh, I was? Uh, okay. I think so. It depends. If I'm in downtown Brooklyn, apparently I'm a Hebrew Israelite, but um, <laughs> I'm a born-again Christian. That's what I am. You got to follow for that one. How about that? Yeah, Steph, um, Slizzy is one of my favorite people on this app. Um, I I think, so this is probably either week five or week six, because now it's all meshing, but but I... I um, connected with him i think like three weeks ago and he's he's a genuinely good person he's a he's actually a vet too i forgot what branch he served in but but yeah he's 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 a good person i don't know i'm gonna call you out i thought you said steph was your favorite but all right you know we don't gotta maybe we could both be the favorite man wait was that look up was that look up that yeah. was look up. <laughs> look up. Look up is the hater. <laughs> no, but he is our local pot stirrer. So that's what he's here for. Ah, and I'm sorry. I think Adam and Brian wanted to speak. Sorry about that. What's up, Brian? Hey, good to see you, man. Shoot off. Brian, it's been a while since we've seen you on stage here. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing good. How about y'all? Good here. I mean, except except the, the first day, apparently Clubhouse like gives us back a room. Like that dude just like shows up going zero to like bombs in two seconds. Uh, well, I don't miss it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I miss really, seeing y'all, like but I don't miss it. it. You gotta let it go, Nate. Let it go. Well, only reason I really came up because y'all were doing memes and I was gonna do one, but then that one guy come up and I thought I was in a teenage, uh, teenage room or something like that. He was talking so fast, I. Almost had to get a uh, teenage translator. He's the type of, I talk so fast, like, it makes me anxious. <laughs> like, it's incredible. I can kind of see how the crusades happened. Nate, just go on mute. Sorry. Yeah, you go on, you go on mute. <laughs> So the only thing is obviously just a word of caution from someone that did binge on Clubhouse, you know, back in the day, is now that the hallway is open, just, you know, cautious, cautiously embrace the Clubhouse, because I remember that that's when I would have um, a lot of days where I would be like, holy Toledo, the sun is actually rising. I've been on this app for... (laughs) 
crazy amounts of hours. So just a word of caution now that the hallway's open, you know, take take Clubhouse like anything in life in moderation. What is this? Uh, Jeff, what's up, Jeff? What's the hallway you can talk about? What, what, is, what is this hallway? <laughs> like, uh, maybe, I, I don't know. Wait, Might do you really not know? No, no, what's the hallway? What's that? You hit back a few times <laughs> to get to, like... Well, I don't know. I remember Vecco was, like, fairly new to Clubhouse, right? So maybe he wasn't here when the actual hallway was working. Vecco, are you are you trolling like Lou right now, or are you serious? No, no, I'm I'm serious. I, I want to know what the hallway is. Oh, okay, so from right here, if you're on the main clubhouse screen, hit back, the back button, and it'll take you to, like, um, like your main home-type screen. Oh. Just hit the little home button, and it'll go all the way to the top and refresh it, and you should start seeing lots of live rooms that are going on right now. That, that, so so that, that part of the uh, app is called the hallway? Yeah, you know where yeah. like the oh. voice oh, okay. were and the library like that. Oh, okay. Oh. All right, Jeff, what's up? You're about to speak. I'm just curious if anybody thinks that the Bible should be taught in public school. Yay! I don't think there should be public schools. It wouldn't hurt anything. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. So should the Quran be taught in public schools? No. I've heard a lot of things. I mean, like well, I seriously, like I seriously don't think there should be public schools. Like I'm seriously think that public schools are a terrible, terrible idea. Uh, my kids seem to have gotten a good education from public schools. Yeah, are your kids Christians? No. Well, there you go. That's the problem. <laughs> How is that a problem? Because inside the Christian worldview, if you're not a Christian, there's major problems with your life. Well, if I wanted my kids to get that kind of an education, would I have sent them to a Christian school? Yeah, but the, your problem or is that you're not a Christian. Sure. So, so why would I then want my kids I, to go to school where they're? I mean, yeah, I don't. I, I, I guess you don't. But the other thing is that I, I think not what he's saying is in the Christian worldview. You know the. We have infinite existence, we're reunited with our creator of everything, and, you know, it's a happily perpetual, ever-forward existence, infinitely going. But, um, you know, so, so no matter how gr great and well-adjusted and everything and people are in this world, your time is finite and it's limited, so, like, in a hundred years, you and everyone you know and love is going to be dead. So, what then? In the Christian worldview, you continue living with your creator, you know, reconciled to him. If you're not a Christian, then... You know, this temporal existence, 60, 80, 90 years, doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter how well-adjusted your kids are, how educated they are. Like, they may have a good short few decades, but then they die. So if they're not a Christian, um, you know, infinitely bad things will happen, and that's not good. Is that what you're saying, Chris? You're an atheist, nihilism, sure. and consistency. I'm not an atheist. If you're non-Christian, nihilism is 100% consistent. Right. And that's You're all not an atheist, so what is your faith position? I was Catholic. Okay. But what You're are you now? Faith position, or lack thereof. Yeah. What do you got? What, what are you, though? What are you today? I'm not Catholic. Okay, but at, the, at the hospital, when you're about to go under the knife for, you know, liposuction surgery, and it gives you forms to fill out and says, what is your religion? And it has, like, Christian, uh, Muslim, non-religious what box do you check i would check non-religious okay 
So you're an agnostic. Is that what we're getting at here? Well, I don't have enough information to rule out all gods, right? So, so agnostic it is. So so agnostic it is. Okay. Okay, so look, back to what's important, though. Like, nobody wants their kid to go to a public school and be taught the Quran. Why would I want my kid to be taught the Bible? Because the Bible well, is the truth <clears throat> and the Quran is a satanic lie. Well, hang on, though. You said no one. I mean, that's, that's a pretty big claim. So I guarantee there's lots of Muslims who would love the Quran to be taught in school. Um, just saying. Um, so, you know, I'm a Christian, so I think teaching the Bible would be a great idea. I also know lots of conservative atheists who also would not have a problem with the Bible being taught in school. I yeah. mean, of course, they'd be like, I don't care about the fairy tale stuff, your sky daddy, zombie Jesuses. But um, I would way rather them get some sort of morals and the golden rule and stuff like that than drag queen story time in the library. So, I mean, you know, I've, I've met plenty of atheists who would be just happy. Um, with the Bible being taught in school, because there's still a fair bit of morality um, in it that they do agree with. Amen. So, Wait, so Nate, did you just say the word Sky Daddy? Yes. Yeah, that's that's what they call him. That's what they call God. Yeah. I mean, inflammatory talk and all, I don't see how... Don't you want to teach those things in your own home, as opposed to having the government teach them, though? Well, well, we don't think the government should be teaching anything. Why would so I why want would the government to indoctrinate? Why would, why would, why would I want? Why would I want? Why would I want the government indoctrinating my kid into whatever government scheme is going on? Like, it's just—I think it's child abuse to send your child to public school. To be honest with you, so I think it's child abuse to teach them all the bullshit you teach them. Well, oh, wait, cool. do you know, well, you do you know what all... You better find a live in a polite society with us. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, one, do you... I mean, you don't have enough evidence to believe in a god, but it seems like you have limited evidence, but that's enough to believe, to know all the stuff Chris teaches. So I guess, you know, could you throw out a few things you imagine Chris teaches? I guess Christianity stuff, right? Well, there's some, you know, guy that was here you know, thousands of years ago that walked on water and fed people all the miracle stuff. I mean, it's all a cool story and all, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's what you should be teaching everybody. Why? Why not? What's, what's the moral value in that? In uh, how, how, how would it, uh, what's the immoral, the moral aspect of it? Well, if it's not true, you're lying to them, right? Okay, it is true, it? we're telling them the greatest thing they could ever have learned. Okay, so let's talk about the big if. Okay, if it's true, then what's the moral value of it? So let's talk about the big if. Wait, 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 now we're switching topics then. You said that you don't think it should be taught any, at all, and we asked you why. Because I want to teach kids what I think is right in my own home. Oh, there we go. Well, go. that should be, so I, I mean, assuming, humanism. well, assuming you're not a criminal and you can, you know, you're well adjusted in this, this society, then, you know, two thirds of that should be the Bible. So like, you shouldn't have a problem with any of the natural, you know, things Jesus talks about, right? Love your neighbor, be a good person, you know, right. pay the taxes that you're supposed to owe. Don't be a vagrant. <laughs> if you used to be a thief then stop stealing and, you know, give to charity. Like, I mean, even as someone who's non-religious, you should agree with a fair amount of the stuff in the Bible. I mean, you may not agree with the miracles and the supernatural, but... Can you only get that from the Bible? No, of course not. 
but that's a pretty good place. So as long as the Magnum morally, what difference does it make? As long as what? As long as I'm acting morally, what difference does it make? As long as I'm functioning. But that's not driving. the original question. The original question is why should we teach what's in the Bible? In, school, in public schools, right. Why should I be having somebody I mean, well, I teach mean, my kids something that I don't think is true? Well, but wait, if, if, if we're saying, okay, you want to you wanna say, well, uh, I believe, I agree with Jesus saying that we should love our neighbor and all this other stuff. But then when we talk about the supernatural feats of, of, of Christ, uh, do you say that there's a moral value in teaching kids that those things too, like that we shouldn't teach those things? Yeah, I don't think that you should be teaching kids that they should sell all their stuff and go on and. Oh, not okay. Wait, 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 wait. Two separate things here. We're talking about the beatitudes, for example, where Christ says we should love our neighbor, you know, turn the other cheek, all these kinds of things. It doesn't sound like to me like you disagree with those kinds of things because morally speaking, they're beneficial in society. Okay, but I'm talking about the things like his supernatural feats, like. Him walking on water, turning water into wine, him dying on the cross and rising again three days later. Do you think that there's a moral value in teaching kids in school of those things? Like, should they, should, would you be opposed to kids learning about that in public school? Well, I'm opposed. I'm not, I have no problem with them learning about all the different religions. Go ahead and you know, understand what goes on in the world. But I don't think that you should be teaching people that this is kids, that this is true, right? Why? Why? Well, I mean, there's a certain amount of things that's necessarily that... true. Why? Well, well, Hold on. Why, why is that wrong? Hang, hang on, hang on. Jeff, wouldn't you, and I have to go in a second, wouldn't you agree that, I mean, there's a certain amount of stuff that people may not do just as would like, but we just have to either, like Chris says, take them out of public school and do it yourself, um, or we just have to suck it up, right? So, for example, I vehemently disagree with, you know, the uh, the Satan Club that some people are pushing in schools. Um, I vehemently disagree that, you know, children have uh, an understanding of what gender they think they are and, uh, you know, at, at five. Um, I, I also, you know, disagree with some of the evolution aspects and the way it's taught. I think it's weighted and stacked in a way that is dishonest to the actual data. Um, but... I either will make the choice when that happens in, in my ki my kids, like grade school, middle school, whenever it happens, to either, um, you know, pull them out or suck it up. So, I mean, you know, someone says, well, here, you know, here's this Bible and it says, uh, you know, do good stuff, treat people nice. And you may think, OK, that's good. And it's like and now, uh, you know, you need to follow Jesus and believe his miracles. I mean, you know, either suck it up or pull them out. I mean, full disclosure, I, I I was Catholic. I didn't read the Bible, so uh, <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh. It just, that yeah. being said, though, I just found out yesterday. You and every so, other Catholic man, there is a penalty of apostasy in the Bible. I thought that was just a Quran thing. Wait, wait, no, no there's no apostasy. You will wait. well, not apostasy, but if you blaspheme, you will be put to death in the Old Testament, 100. percent The guy read that. See, see, now you're going to the moral thing here. Okay, see, so you, you seem to not be able to stay on track here. You don't have a problem with Jesus's words saying, love your neighbor, you know, turn the other cheek, you know, give unto others. I don't know if I turn the other you know, cheek. You don't have a problem with that, but it, now you seem to be going back to the old uh, things like the Old Testament. 
and you're looking at the do's and don'ts that were given only to the Israelites under the old covenant, and now you're saying kids should not be taught those things. Uh, so it, it seems to me like you're kind of shifting the goalposts here. I'm not saying it shouldn't be taught. I'm just saying it shouldn't be taught in public schools. Why not? It's how do we determine, Jeff, Jeff, how really do we determine what should and shouldn't and be taught that's in public that's schools? enough to the parents to teach. Ah, Jeff, see. How, well, how do we determine what should and shouldn't be taught in public school, Jeff? How do we determine that? He's going to have to, he has no choice but to go back to the moral aspect of the conversation. Go ahead, watch. You know, stuff like that, you know, writing, reading, writing, arithmetic. What's wrong with you teaching them those things? Teach them more than that. Why can't we teach them morality and things like that? You want to teach them that, that killing is wrong? That's fine. But why do you use the Bible? Why not the Quran? Why not any other of these religious books? I'm asking you well, one teaches that killing is good. <laughs> right. How do you know? Kill unbelievers, right? That's what, that's what Quran <laughs> said. That's what the Quran says. Kill unbelievers. Where do you get your idea of morality from, Jeff? Like, how do you determine what is moral and what is not moral? So are you suggesting that I'm not moral? No, I'm suggesting you don't have a basis for it. So even if objective. I don't have a basis, as long as I'm acting moral, isn't that... No, no, that you part? don't know if you are, though. How do you know? How do I'm you know a, what you're doing right? is right? I pay my bills and, you know, work, function in society like a normal human being without all the... Lord, Lord right? have he not done many wonderful things in your name? Well, Jeff, I mean, I appreciate it. If you do what, you know, most of society calls good and moral and you don't try to, like, murder me or anything like that, I mean, I, I appreciate that. But if you were taught the Bible in school, you would also be taught that, you know, um, none of that matters because you're eventually going to die and end up in one or two places in a very bad place, hell, or reconciled to your creator who made you for eternity, um, you know, in this good, awesome place. Um, that's the big thing. There are more important things than life or death. That's what you'd have been taught in a Christian school or if Bible was taught in school, whether you well, believe it or not. You have to realize, too, the Bible is not a, just a moral book. It's not It's not just to teach morality for, to unbelievers because, you know, people don't have a problem 